0: and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Let's take a few minutes to talk about one ministry that used to be known as Hillsong's best-kept secret. It's the amazing group of people that create a space for children living with disabilities. It's called Treasure Chest, and it's a part of the Kids' Song and Young Adults program called Young and Free And now, on an ordinary Sunday at the Hillsongs Hills campus, around fifty-five children take part in Treasure Chest across its six services. Lyndell McDowell is the coordinator of the Treasure Chest program and she's a member of Hillsong's pastoral care staff team. Lyndell, a special welcome along to twenty twenty.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Lindell, take us back to the start of what you do, because these days it's quite big scale and you would have started off small because there would have no doubt been children within church services who did have some special needs. Take us back to those early days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Treasure Chest started many years ago, maybe 15 years ago, um, and it was just started by a mum who had a son who had autism and he was not coping at all in our kids' programs. He used to cry in the corner because he couldn't stand the noise and he didn't cope with the other children running around. And so she courageously, um, went to one of our pastors and said, if you give me a room, I'll be able to start a program. And so she did that. She started a program, just, you know, very basically a little room, a box of toys and her son and another child. And then it just slowly grew over the years as um, we recognize the need, you know, that there is in many communities that there are families who have children with additional needs who just cannot make it to church unless we as a church can make a few little adaptions to how we do our programs.
0: So families with children who have special needs, and uh, they're children with disability, uh, they're children with autism, and I I imagine that there are different levels of disability that might require different levels of expertise. How do you start off something like that? I imagine you've got to look around and see who's gifted to do what when it comes to taking care of children with special needs.
1: Yes, absolutely, you know, having people who've got um, expertise or experience in, you know, working with children with disabilities is definitely helpful, Um, but actually these days the majority of my team um, are volunteers and not many of them actually have uh, experience before they started, they just have these big willing hearts and they're willing to learn some skills um, on the job, which is incredible.
0: I know that families who do have children with special needs, they're on duty 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. What does it do, Lindell, for families who have special needs children and they discover that in church there are a group of, as you say, people with big hearts who are wanting Mm -hmm. to take care of their children so that the parents can appreciate church? What does it do?
1: Absolutely. The families are... So grateful and they tell me all the time every week they just cannot believe that you know that they can drop their child off and know that their child is safe and having a great time themselves but then it also allows the families themselves to perhaps you know a married couple to go and sit in church together and be strengthened themselves so they can worship God together and hear the word you know so that their own spiritual walk is strengthened so that they can live out you know, being mum and dad to their precious little child. So um, we're honoured that we can release the parents, you know, to go. And they also love that they know that their child is having a great time, but the child's also safe, you know, And, um, and also the child themselves is learning that Jesus loves them.
0: And I imagine that when you start off with a little, you start to add some expertise along the way. And I know you work and you said you have a whole lot. I think it's something like 20 volunteers that work with yes. you. And some of them, no doubt, are on a learning curve, on a trajectory where they're learning more about how to care for children with special needs. Is that the case? People start to learn and they get they get better at what they do?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, we have kind of a mix within our team. Um, of people who've got different levels of experience. Um, There's some people who are perhaps special ed teachers or have been previously. But then there's a lot of people who just don't have experience um, and they learn on the job definitely. And, you know, we run a training for them to make sure that they're as equipped as they can be. Um, But definitely as a team, we're constantly learning and growing and working out, you know, how can we engage better with children with different disabilities
0: I know there'll be people listening to our conversation today saying what Lindell is doing is just what our church needs to do. And a lot of churches, they have a a children's room or a children's area. What do you need to actually have a space that's suitable to be able to look after children who have particular special needs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you need to look at first of all what are the needs of that individual child, because every child is going to be different. You know, um, say for example, a child with autism would have completely different needs to a child with cerebral palsy who's in a wheelchair. You know, so I guess it's a matter of looking at the individual child and work out what the needs of that child is, but then look at your space that you've got. You know, if you've got a if you've got a little room that you know, and you've got a couple of children in wheelchairs, of course your room needs to be wheelchair accessible. Um, but I also think that it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't you don't need, you know, um, it, it's wonderful if you can provide amazing facilities and specialised equipment, but it can sometimes be as simple as just creating a calm environment, a quieter room with maybe... Um, some sensory toys, so that's just things that the children might find calming. So maybe it's a fluffy rug um, that they can, you know, love feeling the texture of, or maybe some toys that they can fidget with, you know, and fiddle with, or a little whiteboard that they could do some drawing on um, as the kids' program's happening. You know, it doesn't have to be um, a huge, big expense for a church. It can actually just start, you know, quite simple and budget friendly.
0: I imagine too that you need to work closely with the parents of those children with special needs and undoubtedly, as you say, you wouldn't just start a program and just provide something without actually tailoring that to the needs of the children. So you have to work closely with the parents and then the parents obviously have some input into how that all happens.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I actually say that the key to any successful ministry for children with additional needs is that you have to build relationships with the families because at the end of the day, the parents are actually the experts, you know, in their child and what their child needs. Um, So from our perspective, I just start by asking all parents um, who have a child with a disability to just fill out a quick questionnaire. It's about 10 questions um, that just gives, us a bit of background of the child's diagnosis and any particular um, special interests or enjoyments that they have, and then any triggers or things that we might need to avoid, you know, so that the child has a good experience. And then once I've got that questionnaire, I actually phone the parent and, um, and start building a relationship with them and chat through the needs for their child, and then talk about how we as a church might be able to help them, you know, within their, um, you know, when they come to church.
0: I imagine, too, the loyalty that must be there in the relationship between those parents of those children, Uh, not only the children and those who you've got as volunteers and people who are looking after the treasure chest program, but the loyalty and the friendship, the relationship that obviously grows between family and church is very powerful when you're meeting uh, this sort of need.
1: Yes, it is. It's, it's very important and I, I actually love that families would trust, you know, their precious child who's got a disability and that they would trust us, you know, even though it's only an hour and a half on a Sunday, but they would trust us to look after their child and actually that's an incredible um, privilege that we have.
0: And this level of trust, uh, this is a key, isn't it? Because you couldn't do what you do unless you, first of all, won the trust of parents. And obviously you have the uh, imprimatur of the leadership of church life too that are also trusting you with these uh, little treasures so that, so that, you know, you've got this whole uh, working relationship that happens within the church and no doubt that sends a big message too to people around the community about the value that we place on people who have disability or have special needs as children.
1: Yes absolutely and I think um, it's wonderful like these days there's many um, supermarkets in Australia that have started a quiet hour you know, which is a low sensory experience to allow families who've got a child, you know, with autism perhaps to do their grocery shopping. And I think if if a supermarket's doing that, then how much more should the church be leading the way, you know, in the way that we create an environment for children so that they can, they can thrive, you know, regardless of what their disabilities or different skills are.
0: I imagine too that for those churches that don't have any families where there are children with a disability or with special needs, they won't need to do anything. But when that family walks through the door... And they bring their childs. then all of a sudden you're on the spot and you need to do something. So do you find yourself fielding questions, uh, people who have got uh, all sorts of ideas about what they might do, they just need someone to talk to? Do you Do you find that you spend a lot of your time talking to people on the phone and making suggestions about how they can do things better in their church?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. When when um, quite a few churches have emailed me from different locations all across Australia um, and just kind of asking, you know, what do we do? We've got this particular child, you know, who's got some, you know, got a additional needs of some description and they'll just, you know, maybe ask me for some advice and I'm more than happy to, you know, to provide them with advice. But at the end of the day, it's going to have to come down to, well, of course, the needs of that individual child, but also, you know, what is their church actually able to do? You know, do they have a space that they can set aside or, you know, do they have um, volunteers or people who are willing to support the children? you know on in their programs. So there are a lot of
0: things that do have to come together, but there'll be a lot of churches around who aren't meeting this need right now but recognize yes. they've got the capacity to do that and I would love Wonderful. to give your website contact for those who'd love to make contact with you Lindell. It's the Hillsong website, hillsong.com forward slash kids, forward slash treasure chest. So treasure chest, the name of the ministry, it's in the kids section on the website at the hillsong.com website. And Lindell McDowell, the coordinator of Treasure Chest program and a member of Hillsong's pastoral care staff team. Lindell, thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today on 2020.
1: Thank you so much for having me.